Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. Hey, what's up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant, and it is so good to have you here with us today. I do appreciate it, but uh, you know, I, I think anytime you're listening to a show like this, an episode like this, it says something about you as the person. You're the type of person that's not settling for the status quo. You're not just trying to do business as usual. You're not living to to work. You're just you're not just blah blah blah. blah. Yeah, I don't know. You're just not one of those people that's just going through the motions with life. Like you want to do more than exist. You want to do more than take up space. You want to do more than just punch the clock. I believe that you are the type of person that really wants to find and do work that you love. And so you came to the right place for that. Today, we're joined by my friend Mariah Kaz, who has a, uh, a great story about how she got into entrepreneurship, how she's built a uh, successful business, and a really uh, just a, a sharp guy, really knows her stuff. She's a smart girl with, uh, some, with a great story. So let's get into it. Before we do let me remind you, make sure you download the bonus material. And I say material, plural. Typically, you're going to get a a bonus episode, bonus interview where uh, Mariah and I would chat for a few more minutes. You're going to get that today. But also, Mariah has thrown in a couple of free PDFs that she has put together specifically for this episode. Some really, really great content she's going to tell you a little bit more about in the uh, the episode. So make sure that you uh, you listen for that. And we'll be getting that little bonus material right to you. So let's get into this. Here you go. Here's my conversation with Mariah Kaz. Enjoy. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by my friend Mariah Kaz, who is a online entrepreneur, all-around cool girl. So, Mariah, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this will be fun. All right, give us a online entrepreneur. It could mean like a billion different things. Everybody oh, and, their, yeah. and their mom is an online entrepreneur these days. So like, what exactly does that mean? Like, what is it that you do? Well, I particularly right now, my specialty is helping people build and launch products. So I've been doing this for seven years now. I've been self-employed as an entrepreneur, but I've had all sorts of kinds of businesses. And I think we're both probably realized that there's a lot of people that call themselves online business people that just right. that don't have any previous experience. <laughs> do you yeah. find like, I'm going to interrupt for a second. Do you find yeah, that yeah. like, like when you're talking with someone or someone asks you what you do, like you really kind of like almost have to tweak the answer depending on who's asking. Oh, all the time. Like if someone understands and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm an online entrepreneur and people are like, oh, I get that. But if like, I don't want to go into this long conversation, like I'll have to use something a little more generic that doesn't require or doesn't lead to any follow-up questions. Like sometimes I have to say that I'm like a teach an online school. Like I, right. like it's sometimes easier to be like, oh yeah, it's like an online classroom or something, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's hard to describe. It is. Um, but yeah, I absolutely have to sort of tweak that. And the other thing is that it's it's a word with a lot of like baggage too, right? Yep. Yep. So I'm always trying to sort of be like, yeah, but I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the yeah. good guys. Yeah, right. And I've, uh, yeah, so I've been doing this for a long time. I started out with um, an online boutique, like an online clothing store um, seven years ago. I did that for a while. It was my full-time job. After a while, I got kind of doing that is awesome. When you first start your business and you're making a living doing something fun, like having a vintage clothing store, it's awesome. But at the same time, it's like, well, now I have all this inventory and now like, I can't really like travel like I always wanted to, or, you know, you start to kind of like realize that like, you're not like, le- maybe your first business didn't like leverage your time the best. Right. So then I sort of got into more scalable things like 
started monetizing my blogs and started creating more like consulting packages and then eventually started creating products and services. And I've had all sorts of different businesses between then and now. So now it's sort of more helping other people do that. And especially because in my experience, I, I felt like everything that I tried that worked for me was the opposite of what other people kept saying was working for them. Like, you know, you like are like, people are like, oh, monetize your blog, like use ads and like do affiliates and like do all this stuff. And it's like such crap. And like, it just doesn't, it didn't work for me at all. And then the minute I started like making my own products, it like everything exploded. So it's definitely like for me, it was just a matter of being like, yeah, I really feel like all the advice you're getting is just total So it kind of was like, wow, I just, the way that I'm doing this is not how a lot of other people are talking about doing it, especially not a lot of girls Mm -hmm. talking about doing that because a a lot of people, a lot of girls are talking about like how to like have an authentic brand and like how to like do like just all this like other stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, but like, what about like the launch sequences? And what about like how I'm like setting up my joint venture programs and like all this like more sort of strategic and you know, in some ways, a little bit more advanced stuff. Um, well, in some ways too, like that's like <laughs> at the end of the day, like that's the stuff that actually makes money. You know what um, I mean? Oh yeah. All the time. And you'd be surprised to know how many people look good online and they don't make any money at all right. versus someone like, you know, whose website you're like, Oh, that's not, you know, it's not about like, if I firmly believe that if you're spending any of your time looking pretty or like worrying about how you're like, looking like that and like on Instagram or like whatever, like if you're worrying about how you are looking, then you're probably not making very much money because you definitely have the wrong priorities and you're definitely not focusing on the right stuff. Right. And there's definitely a balance to that because like people, like whether we want to admit it or not, people do judge a book by its cover, whether that be some type yeah. of product or service. So I don't think either of us would be advocating like throwing up crap and just selling it, no, but but like, like it needs to look sharp. But at the end of the day, like if you have the most beautiful thing, but nobody knows about it, like you're not going to make anything. And that's why, you know, it's a big reason why people do businesses because we want to eat and live indoors and these things are important <laughs> to us you know so one of the things you kind of mentioned there is that you did a lot with launching products and with teaching other people today about how to launch product create and, and launch products so for someone that may not be familiar with that vernacular like what is that like products what does that mean like a physical product or a, a digital thing or like what, what are we talking about there Okay, so to me, I'm talking about more digital products such as online courses or ebooks or some sort of combination packages where it's an ebook and a couple of videos and some worksheets or something. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like packaged bundles of, mm-hmm. of items. And a lot of the times it's educational. So a lot of the times it's it's teaching people something, but it doesn't have to be teaching people about marketing. Like I certainly did not start out teaching people about marketing, right? And if and if that's your first business, then like, you know, oh, sorry, can't say anything bad, but go screw yourself. It's like creating something, whether it's packaged service, like maybe it's you create copy for a website and it costs a certain amount, but it's like packaged. It's not, you're not charging by the hour. You're not charging per word or something, but it's more this idea of creating either productized services or actual digital products that people can sell. And I have, you know, done physical products and I'll do physical products again, have all sorts of things always in the works, but it's definitely the, when we're talking about building and launching digital products, it's like it's whole like own sort of world, as you know. Right. 
So whenever you were coming out of, of high school, college, what was it that you wanted to do with life? Because typically like online entrepreneurship, like entrepreneurship is one thing, but like online entrepreneurship and digital products, just it isn't typically on the radar. It's not on people's like menu of options. So what was it right. that you, you wanted to do? So originally I was in a touring punk band. So I was touring around the country with my band selling merchandise, selling CDs, selling, you know, this was years ago, but that was what I was doing right out of high school. And what was the band name? Oh my gosh. Come on now. Don't be shy. Okay. So it's called Bloody Swimsuit, which is like (laughs) about just like, you know, being like in a menstrual rage at the beach. It was like a surf punk band. I experience that frequently, so I know exactly what you're talking yes, about. Absolutely. Yes, of course, yeah. of course, no my menstrual rages. Their, yes. Yeah, no one wants to get their period at the beach. So, <laughs> so yeah, I had I had that band for a while, and we were touring around and making money, you know, to live by doing that. And I think I probably thought that I was going to be doing that for longer, but the band broke up. After that, I thought I think that I was I was looking at like Etsy a lot and thinking like. Oh, you know, I was always into like vintage clothes and I had all this stuff and I was kind of like trying to get rid of it and I needed money and I like wanted to figure out what the next thing to do was after, you know, after the band broke up and trying to figure out what I was going to do. So I ended up starting the vintage clothing store on Etsy and like right off the bat, like the first day I made the store live, I made like 10 sales and it just kind of grew from there. And it was awesome, but it's definitely the type of thing where you're like a one-person shop that's like shipping things and styling photos and editing photos in Photoshop, like and buying clothes and like you're just doing all these different things. It's awesome, but yeah, after a while, I definitely was like, oh, how else can I like make a business that's less like time-intensive? And like, I read, I started reading about like more sort of traditional business stuff. And like I started reading about depth of inventory and I was like, wow, I don't have that. Like I don't have any depth of inventory because with vintage, every single item is like one of a kind. (laughs) So I have to photograph, describe, ship. Like I have to do that same amount of work for everything. Not even like other clothing stores that would have like 50 of something, but they only have to photograph the one of them. It's like I have to do that work for every single item. So I sort of started to realize that that was not scalable. And at first, you know, no one does anything scalable with their like first business, right? They're always just like trying to like, oh, how can I just like sell stuff and and make money? Right. But after a certain point, you definitely start like the gears start turning, like you said. And that I think was kind of the point of like, I mean, and also I at this point I had gone to college. I thought I was going for, this is going to sound weird. (laughs) I thought I was going for like comic book writing. Like I was going to really write and create yeah like i got there and where like where did that come from i always liked comic books and i always liked graphic novels and when i went to college i i went to this really weird well this is the thing they say that they're a really weird school but they turn out to be like super normal once you get there and i had always been in like very autonomous education i went to a very progressive like school my whole life and very like self-directed very autonomous always independent study. And then I went there expecting it to be like that. And it was much more structured than I liked. So yeah, I went there thinking I was going to become like a comic book artist slash writer. And I was the the head of the the comic book and graphic novel club. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so I thought that that was what I was going to do. But then 
then I sort of found like architecture and I started taking more architecture classes and got into that a little bit. But then I realized like that a lot of those people are jerks, you know, (laughs) I don't know if you know this, a lot of architects are jerks. So um, yeah, so after that, I, I sort of moved away into a more, actually dropped out and then a while later went back to a completely, definitely a more progressive school with no classes and non-residential so it's like it's in vermont it's called goddard college i recommend it to everyone it's very no classes nope yeah if you're self-directed and you're disciplined and you're self-motivated like like i am obviously then you you know if you know what you want to do and you just need someone to like respect that you know what you're doing and you don't need any help and you don't need someone to show you what how to do you don't need someone to tell you how to do it goddard is a great place because it's it's completely autonomous and you you go there once a year for a week you kind of like do almost like kind of like a like a yoga retreat it's kind of just like a retreat for everyone to hang out and get to know each other and then the rest of the year you just travel do your own projects you know work on your business work on your whatever write a book whatever you're doing so that was what i did for the other two years of of schooling let me jump in for a second because because yeah. I think it sounds like you may have had a, a challenge that I think a lot of people that listen to the show run into is that you had a lot of interest and a lot of different ways that you yeah. could go. You know, so you've got the comic strip stuff, you've got the band, you've got the architecture, you've got Etsy, you've got all these like like very yeah. different, very distinct type of right. options. Like they're all valid, like legit yeah. options, and any one of them yeah. could pan out and work out well. And yeah, you might be able to find some crossover between like two of them, you know, but to get like all four of these like really unique things might be tough. So for someone that maybe listen to this going like, I'm the same way. Like I don't have like one thing that like, ah, oh, this is what I'm destined to do. I've got like 98 different things that sound really, really appealing and cool. And any one of them could be a winner. So like, how did you decide, like even before, like, it sounds like, you know, you can kind of whittle away, you know, the comic book stuff and the architecture stuff, but you didn't even know that until you get into it from the schooling standpoint. So yeah. how did you kind of like to make the decision to let's try architecture versus any number of other things that you could have tried? Yeah, I think that sort of comes down to just picking something and understanding that you can always do all the other things, but you have to start with just one. And like a lot of people just get stuck and they don't, like I don't know why, but they can't just say, oh, but this, like I just need to pick one and get started. And then like I can always like stop doing that or I can, like I've always been completely fine just obsessing over something, like mastering it, becoming like, you know, an expert in something over the course of a six months or a year or something. And then just being like, nope, not into that anymore. Like on to the next thing. So if you sort of look at your life as this like series of like intense bouts of obsession and education and learning and, and studying and just getting really, you know, and experiencing obviously a lot, you know, everything I did was experiential learning or whatever you call it. If you do that long enough, then you get to the point where you can kind of you just have to start with one thing and right. just understand that you can do the other things right after. And that's where, for me, that's where automation comes in. And that's where a lot of the systems come in is this sort of idea of like building a business. I know that it takes six months to a year to build up a business that's bringing in a consistent income and then automating it. Like once you've done the sort of upfront marketing and upfront product creation and all that, you kind of establish the business, then you can automate everything. And then you can be like, oh, now I'm going to go build this other business that I'm excited about. And yes, you can do multiple things at once, but it really helps to just 
know that, oh, in six months, I'm going to do the next project. But right now, I just need to do this one thing. Right, right. And, well, and I think, also, like, well, don't use that as an excuse. You know what I mean? I think probably there's a lot of people, oh, I can't decide. And then, like, they don't, you know, they don't do anything. But yeah. just, like, you have to do something. Totally. Well, and I, and I think that you make a great point there that, you know, you, you tried architecture and it just wasn't what you thought it would be, you know, for whatever reason. Right. And so I think with anything, there, there's oftentimes we're looking from the outside looking in like, well, what if it doesn't work? Well, then you pick something else. Then you do you know? something new. Yeah, and so, so just like, meet people doing, just do as many things as you can because you'll meet people that will show you new things. So like going, even though I, I left, I, I dropped out of the architecture program, I ended up going back to a design build program, which is like this sort of like offshoot, almost like a response to architecture where people in the 60s were like, we want to do crazy cool stuff and like we don't want to follow the rules and we want to know how to build things. We don't want to, the separation between architects and like contractors and these this group of people in the 60s were like, no, that's dumb. Like I don't want to be just like some sort of elitist architect. I want to know how to build the house with my own two hands. So I ended up going to a very tiny design build school in Vermont where you can, where I learned a lot about that stuff and got, ended up getting my degree in that. So it was more like, um, whatever you do, you just give it a shot because you'll meet people and you'll find out about these like other weird sub cultures of like the thing that you're interested in and you right. might end up getting into that instead when you make another good point there that let's say you try something and it doesn't work out you're going to learn a lot about yourself and what you do and don't like and it's kind of i use the analogy sometimes it's almost like whenever you're taking a picture and you're, you're focusing the lens and you're going way to the left and then way back to the right and then a little more to the left and a little back to the right and you're just like you just don't know some of the stuff until you you try it and so each oh, time absolutely. you do something and it doesn't work out yeah it didn't work out for whatever reason but you're one step closer to finding what would be a good fit. And so maybe for you, it's like, I don't like architecture, but I do like these bits and pieces of architecture. Or here's a couple things I really learned about like business that would help me that I wouldn't have learned if I hadn't gone this path or this route. So uh, I think that's super, super valuable as well. So, okay, let's come back to the Etsy thing. So you decided to do the the vintage clothing. Are you doing this full time? Are you making a living at this? Yeah, at the time. Yeah, that was my, that was my business. Yeah. So for, I would say for two or three years, that was my main business. I started a blog on the side during that time, but it wasn't until like later that I kind of was tried to even look into like monetizing that blog and trying to figure out like how that worked. Cause for a long, you know, like you said, it's not like you wake up just like born knowing about like digital products and sure. like and like this sort of like a really scalable way to to make things and do things but I did start I think I knew that I needed money obviously to yes. live but I also became really like I think like you said like I I become more I became more aware of like what I wanted and kind of refined down like well running I do like running my own business and I do like doing all these different things every day but I don't like shipping things and I don't like like I want to be able to travel you know you kind of get like pickier as you go yep so I was like so you know I started having these sort of criteria for doing things and I think the first book I read about this stuff was the $100 startup yeah and you really don't need to read a lot of books to be able to do this but I read that one book and it made me kind of like it just kind of exposed me to people who are like selling digital prints of their artwork and like selling. And the one thing that really stood out to me was the people selling courses mm-hmm. because I had been literate. So like I said, I ever since I was, you know, 
four, I've been going to very progressive and autonomous independent study, self-directed schools like my entire life, I had been designing and building my own curriculum for like since I was five years old. Like I'm yeah. not exaggerating. I'd literally been creating and writing. I was also write, I write 10,000 words a day. 10,000 words a day? Yeah. Like yes. still you do? Yes. That is Absolutely. A, that is insane. Yes, and it's it is, but it's you get a lot of content and you get a lot of stuff to to make into products or right. or blog posts or whatever. Like I just I'm above anything else. I'm a producer of things. <laughs> so and I would assume so like yeah, anything, it, it's a it's a muscle. You know that oh, the, the first time you do it, it's it's like oh dear god, oh, yeah, I'm never build, gonna. This is gonna be horrible. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, you have to build up to that. And it does. But you also get faster. You know, like now I can like bang out like 10,000 words in like three hours, whereas like it's a small part of my day, whereas it used to be, oh, I'm spending all day writing this thing. But yes, yeah, so I had always sort of been creating a lot of content, designing my own curriculums, designing my own like lesson plans, like ever since I was a little kid up until I was going to college and doing the exact same thing. So I just kind of was like, oh, I can do that. Like, I know how, you know what I mean? I've been doing that for myself for many, many years. I, I know how to create like a course curriculum that's totally based on just what you're interested in. And so that's what I started doing. And, you know, when I read that book, it sort of showed how just a sort of brief, I can't even remember the example from that one book, but that was sort of what I started looking into more online. Although I did see a lot of people, you know, in those when I was sort of transitioning from doing the vintage clothes full time to doing like the blogging stuff, it was more like, you know, you see a lot of people saying like, oh, you need to do affiliate marketing. All that stuff is based on you not being the producer. Like it's all based on you being this like, just like promoter of other people's crap. Right. And like, that's like no way to build a business. You know what I mean? Like that's like, I mean, people do it and they make money, but like what, you just want to be known as like the person that, that promotes X, like, well, it's a, and I heard this talked about the other day on a podcast. I don't remember what it was, but it was the the idea that basically it's a lot easier to promote someone else's stuff than to build something of your own that's really, really good that people are willing to buy. Is that true? It's so people think it's harder to build your own products. I always feel like I would suck at affiliate marketing, but I'm really good at building products. Yeah, I think so because like like building your own product, building your own course, building something that with the caveat being that it's good and it's mm -hmm. helpful and it's yeah. beneficial and it gets people to take action and it gets people the end result that you're, you're driving for. Mm -hmm. That's a crap load of work. Like you and I have both yeah. been in that world. So we understand Absolutely. that, that it's like, it doesn't just magically happen. So if I got to do all that work versus I can just throw up a, write a blog post and promote someone's stuff or throw up a banner ad or whatever and promote someone else's thing. But that seems easier. And so that's yeah. definitely, I think the, you know, that stuff is definitely the, generally, I think that the path of least resistance for people. But so why is it so powerful then to create your own product versus building on, on off of someone else's? For one thing, I mean, you're creating an asset that you own. If you are monetizing your, your platform by ads or affiliate links, like you don't own that at all. A, right. like ad revenue is just plummeting. Like you just can't really, there's people that started doing that eight to five to eight years ago. They keep talking about it and you're just like, no, the world is changing. Like get with the times, please. Yeah. And so that's just like not really a viable thing. And the other thing is this, like this idea of like, oh, you need to build up your website to a hundred thousand uniques a month before you can really make money. 
doing stuff is such like that's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And like there's it's just this. So what? You're just going to wait like years or like however long it takes you to like build up traffic. This like the most like arbitrary metric I've ever heard. And people. So like you you spend all this time building up the traffic, right? You write blog posts, you create content, you maybe spent money on ads like, you know, Facebook ads, whatever. You spend all your time and energy getting people to your site and then you're encouraging them to click off your site to click that ad so you can make like a half a penny or something and then like they go down someone and they're on someone else's site and they're going down someone else's rabbit hole and like that to me is like the definition of insanity that makes <laughs> zero sense that's crazy like think about that you work all your work to get someone to your site and then you're telling your audience to go leave your site right. like immediately like that sucks because that's how you get paid like that's the worst so and the other thing and with affiliate programs it's like you don't own the product you don't own the system like if they decide if that business stops offering an affiliate program if they change their terms if they go under like if something changes you have no control over that but with your own product you have this asset that you've created that you can a do whatever you want with you can sell it infinite times you know you can promote it how you want to promote it like you you like the other thing is like if you think about the affiliate relationships like think about you so you say you're making 25% on something that you're promoting and then you so you figure okay so the creator is making 75% but then imagine that that creator and this is me in this situation has 25 other affiliates like you who are also sending that much sales to them and referring those sales to them. So it's like, what side of that relationship do you want to be on? Like, just do the math, right? right like, right. you want to be the person that A, makes 75% and B, like, has 25 people promoting their product for them. Like, it just, when you look at it, it just doesn't make any sense to do those things. So let me jump in for a second. So if I'm listening to this going like, okay, I've got a blog started, you know, that I started for a few months ago and it, it's mm -hmm. doing okay. And I'm nowhere near a hundred thousand uniques. I'm getting, I'm no. getting maybe a thousand uniques a month. So I'm that's just totally getting enough. started. So if that's enough, then what, like, what do I do from there? Like, how do I begin to build some type of product where I'm not building on someone else's property? Right. Absolutely. Okay. So first you have to figure out what your audience wants and like I said you don't need a huge audience like my website gets like a sad amount of traffic you would but it's still makes like more than most people make you know what I mean it's like sure. if I told it's like the amount of traffic or the amount of Twitter followers like those ratios mean nothing to how much money you can make like it's just not there's no correlation between the traffic you have and the amount of money that you can make because I know tw tons of people with lots more traffic than I have who make way less money. So it's definitely like, don't be like, oh, I need to wait until I get to a certain point. And if you do have someone established blog and you're, you know, you're blogging or whatever, you need to figure out what your audience wants. And you do that by like paying attention to what kind of emails they send you, what questions they ask you, or what comments they leave on your blog posts, or what blog posts, and you look at your analytics, which one is the most popular, like which one is at the top of the list, right? Which one gets the most traffic? You just kind of like be a detective and like hunt around and you can also say okay so my customers or or my readers are this very specific demographic you have to be very specific find out where those people hang out and go and see like what forums they post in and like what questions are they asking or what questions do you see or what reviews do you see on Amazon like underneath like other ebooks that are about your topic or something like you just have to hunt around and then you can create something based on this research that you've done, it's not just like, 
oh, I think that people will want this thing. I'll just build it and then hope that people want it. Like you have to, you have to just, it also doesn't, like it doesn't have to be that hard. Like that is hard to pull something out of thin air right. and, and and come up with an idea from zero. Like it doesn't have to be that hard because you're surrounded, like you have the internet of people to like look at for what do you need? What do you need that I can give you? What do you need that's in my industry or my niche? Or what do I know about that like people are asking about on Twitter? Like search, I always do this, I search for like hashtags and then find what questions people are tweeting out and then like, you know, keep those in like a document so that you have this sort of like whole backlog of questions that people are asking about certain topics and then you can use that to create the product. I mean, essentially, if you have a big enough audience, you can also put out a survey and that can help you sort of choose a direction for your product. But it's really just a matter of like paying attention and just looking around at what other, other people are already saying. Like it's all out there for you to discover. So let's say at this point, here's what we're going to do. Let's say that I've got an idea of, of what the product is that I want to make. And I have an idea of, of the itch it's going to scratch for people. And I know exactly what that's going to look like. How do I begin to go about creating it? And let alone, how do I begin to go about selling it? And so here's what we're going to do. Well, we're just going to tease that out. I'm going to let that marinate with you for a second. And we're going to, uh, we're going to save that for the bonus round. So if people are curious, like, okay, you've got me in. I need to hear more. You've got me hooked. I hate you right now, Graham Baldwin. You can download the bonus materials totally for free. You can find that over at grantbalden.com. So we will uh, hear the rest of Mariah's answer on that in, uh, in just a moment. But in the meantime, uh, Mariah, if people are interested in finding out more about you and where you're at, and then more importantly, if people are like, I need to find the latest album of Bloody Swimsuits, where can we go? <gasps> nope. Not, we were pre-internet. so That's not on eBay or anything? Pre-internet. Oh, <laughs> Those were physical CDs that I made in my basement. <laughs> bummer. Uh, All there right. aren't any more. Yeah, sorry about that. I do have a t-shirt, <laughs> but I don't think anyone wants to wear that out in public. So That's quite possibly um, not. But I should, I should have said this at the beginning, but my website is femtrepreneur.co. Okay, so femtrepreneur.co. You better give us and, a spelling on that. Yeah, F-E-M-T-R-E-P. R-E-N-E-U-R. So entrepreneur, but the first three letters are femme. Cool. Right? Yeah. And I have a course called Your First 1K. It's all about how to get your first 1,000 email subscribers, how to, exactly what we're talking about today, how to launch and promote your first product like your own product, right? So we go through everything from building your email list and creating a product at the same time that by the end of the eight weeks, you're ready to launch your product and I give you everything you need to do that. Um, yeah, so that's called your first 1K. You can check that out on my website. Awesome. And we'll definitely be sure and link up to all of that as well as the book that you mentioned earlier, uh, $100 Startup by Chris Gillibo. Excellent, excellent book that I'd also definitely uh, highly recommend. So mm -hmm. Mariah, we'll continue the conversation on uh, now that we've built the product, how do we begin to uh, create it and sell it? We'll talk about that over in the bonus round. Sound good? That's awesome. Thank you so much. All right, there you go, my friends. Hope you enjoyed that chit-chat with Mariah Kaz. Really good stuff there. Hey, uh, like we talked about at the end, make sure that you download the bonus material. Not only do uh, you get a couple extra minutes of Mariah and I chatting, but also she included a couple different PDFs about creating products, about launching products. That's really, really great stuff. Like I was kind of going through it, and I was like, dang, she's giving this stuff away for free. Just really top-notch stuff. So you can download that totally for free over at grandbaldon.com at the show notes page for this particular episode. Make sure that you stop by 
and check that out. Really, really strong stuff. Good stuff there. I think you're going to dig. All right. I think that wraps up today's episode, boys and girls. Hey, again, appreciate you listening. Appreciate you tuning in. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show in uh, iTunes, wherever you may be listening to podcasts. Also, make sure that you leave us a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know how the show has been uh, helping you. It helps other people to find the show, too, which is always great. So, again, you can do that at iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you may be listening to podcasts. We'd love to get a uh, rating review from you. All right. I think that's it. Let's wrap this up. We'll catch you next time, my friends. You're awesome. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.